Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Monday night, and it's early in the week. Let me see if I can do the Parsha now. I'm trying to keep up the schedule. i got a lot of stuff to do for this week. It's usually the way it is. And um, therefore, I'd like to get this out early, um, even though I really should. When it comes to the Parsha, my best starts are by the end of the week. That's the way it goes if you're in the rabbi business. But on the other hand, I'm a Shabbat to schedule. I try anyway, for your sake, to keep a fairly regular schedule. Today's... Uh, um, podcast is being sponsored from Eretz Yisrael by my friends the Radomskis. Um, this is in honor of the grandfather's fourth yard site, which will be last day of my cheshun. I guess that'll be Thursday, because Rosh Chodesh is Friday. That's Alexander Mordechai ben Arya Yehuda, as they said in Shem Shem Um Thank you. Speaking of Israel, I'm just going to mention this to you. I threw it out the other day also, for what it's worth. I'm thinking, it's been a long time since in Israel, you know, the whole corona and everything. And before that, I had, if I can, if I had my druthers, I'd like to put together um, one of my history trips to Israel, one of my tours that I do. If I can get enough people, I'm thinking of doing it in January. That would be not the last week of January, because then I have college. So one of the first three weeks of January, it's just in my mind now, um... If I find that a lot of people are interested, then I'll chase it. It's not too hard to put together. You know, my sort of thing would be you go to Israel mainly for the history part. That's who I am. Um, on the other hand, that's a lot of what Israel is. So uh, if there's really an interest in January, and, you know, everybody has an idea of the prices. They're all, you know, a little different here, a little different there. It's all roughly the same range. And uh, I'm always doing a uh, eight-day trip. You know what I mean? In other words, uh, you know, Monday to Monday, Tuesday to Tuesday, something like that. Something along those lines. Because then I have a lot of time. But usually we pack in some good stuff. If this is something that's interesting, of interest, and people like to go with me to do that, um, let me know if it, if there's enough interest, we'll, we'll talk and make it happen. I, I think so. Now, you don't know what the corona, and Israel changes his mind all the time, and this is one of the variables. I would just like to be in a, in a position that if, 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 Everything is okay. It's all systems go that we'd be able to do it and have a good um, visit in Eretz row. Anyway, like I said before, if, if this is of interest, you'll let me know. Now let's get down to the Parsha. As I said before, <clears throat> it'd be the best time for me to do the Parsha, and the best stuff I have, is after Shal Shittas. Because <laughs> we've gone through the Parsha, spoke about many times, and you see the best ideas pop in your head. That's or you came across, and that's the way I am. Probably most people. But perfect is the enemy of good. I have to go with what I have in the beginning of the week. And it so happens that I was laning this morning in Shul. And for some reason it struck me when it says, that Rebecca, who is uh, now with uh, twins in the stomach, but doesn't know what's going on. She's having a terrible pregnancy. Terrible pregnancy. Uh, is going, Now the trouble with, 
these parshas, especially the one we have this week, told us is there's so many midrashim kalukim. I spoke two weeks ago about Menachem Kasher. All you have to do is just open up and follow through with some consistency through the Torah Shlema. And you see extremely different opinions out there in the different places in Chazal. And it only multiplies when you get to the Rishonim. So, for example, uh, oh, well, I'll talk about that in a second. How old is Rebecca when she gets married? You know, Rashi says three. And the Chizkuni and the other says she was 14. It's a big difference between marrying a girl that's three years old and and 14, at least as far as I'm concerned. You understand? If you say he's three, it's a weird story. Uh, you will tell me people are different at that time. I know. I've heard all the words. But it's still very strange. On the other hand, at 14, is also young, but nowhere near the same. I got news for you. Most of the people, if you come from a long line of Jewish background, you go back 200 years ago, everybody was getting married at that time. 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. That was the style uh, for many, many centuries. So that's not a surprise. Three years old is a little weird. That's a surprise. So he was 40 and she was three. Um, on the other hand, if he was 40 and she was 14, at least it's a, you know, it's, it's a little closer to what we could uh, uh, wrap our hands around, I, I would think. Wrap our heads around. So uh, just that's just one example of the Midrashim Chalukim, of the Deus Chalukas, of fundamental facts, when you get to something like the story of Yitzhak and Rivka, because after all, Yitzhak we don't know that much about. Whatever we know about him, it's going to be in this week's Parsha, baby. Afterwards, as we all know, the story concentrates on Yaakov Avino. So the little we have about Yitzhak is mainly from this week's Parsha, and it ain't that much. Okay? Now, um, if you do a little of the hunting around the uh, Midrashic literature, especially my attention is drawn this year, Pirkeblezer. You know, chapter 32 in Pirkeblezer um, usually goes on themes. So different number chapters deal with different themes. And 32, it's a lot about Yitzhak and Rivka. Uh, it's always a little bit different in the Medish Ravel. Uh, your Rishonim, Machronim, different ones latch on to this. Ramban latches on to this one and the others. And uh, uh, it presents, you know, there are different versions of the story. What exactly is going on? But there's some powerful insights, human insights. And the human insights, you know, when you get my age, the human insights are the most interesting parts. The human insights are the most interesting parts of the Elvis and Imos and all the rest of it. I said a hundred times, and I'll say another hundred times. The great people in the Bible were not great when they started. They became great. If Rivka's three years old, she ain't at Sadiqis yet. Get it? Right? As she grows up, she'll become Rivka Menu. Right? But at the time, she was a three-year-old girl. And even 14. Like, I'll become her three. The only thing you can say is, if it's a three-year-old, and even granting that they were more mature, the three-year-old, then you see Eliezer did something very interesting, to my mind. Most little kids are selfish. That's the normal way. That's the way of the world. You have kids, children, grandchildren, whatever you have. Most. Uh, when they're young, they're young. They don't want to share the toys. They want the first. They want the biggest piece. They want the ice cream. As they gave us. The process of maturity is to little by little, through education, through example, through moral uh, teaching, 
to make them transcend those basic babyish selfish. But selfish is normal, right? Give it to little kids, little little kids. You know, they all who who should get the candy. I mean, that's the way it goes. You understand? The Rambam very famously says this in Zessi over there back in the intro to Perkelet. He says, when you're very, very young, you say, learn, I'll base and I'll give you a candy. So the kid is learning for the for the candy, not for to, not to become literate. That's the way of the world. On the other hand, I've seen not not often, but sometimes, you see little kids, they just have born goody two shoes. It's interesting. There aren't too many. But I've seen kids when they were very, very young. Mom was two, three years old. Um, they were different. They were nice. It's not often, but I've seen it. Some kids are naturally nice. You wonder how that works. Because all the other kids around were typically normally selfish. And this boy, this girl, wasn't like that. You can tell that's rare. So if you're a Midos person, if you're a parent, you know, and you're looking for someone long-term, you're thinking, so do something like that, you remember that little girl. Or you remember that little boy. And you wait 10, 20 years. Or whatever, you know, you know what I mean, until they're Shadukim, let's say, 20 years. And then that's the one you want. Because you knew them way back way back when. And you know what their inner nature is. The others can fake it out. It's like Lovan. Oh, come into the house. But really, Lovan is looking for the, the, the gold, the money. It's a fake. Most of the people like Lovan. Most of the time, you're nice for Lovan purposes. But there are the occasional ones that aren't. And so that's just a nice story. Eliezer's at the well. He sees a little girl, a little girl, and she's nice. I can see what she's going to be when she grows up. And that's interesting. Now, even 14, that works, but not quite. You know, 14 is different. But there's a whole bunch of Mepharshim, the Chizkuni, Pharshar, this, that, the other. You know, it's, it's basically the Seder Olam. Right? If you go to Chazal. I know it sounds funny, but if you take the trouble to study the Seder Olam, you'll see. It's 14. Now then, so they get married. Um... Why did, especially if he's 14, if she's three, then he's like this. How come Avram waited until he waited and then sent Eliezer? Uh, so obviously the death of his wife broke him and all that. That was three years ago when he was 37, we think. I mean, it should work out that way. So why is he waiting those three years? If you say she's three, this is where Ashi comes from. They say, he waited until she became, you know, <laughs> weaned or something, you know. The first, uh, the child, you know, uh, milestone. Couldn't get married when, before she's three. Although in the Middle East you could. But anyway, um, what if she's 14? It's very interesting. Uh, I noticed now, and I didn't notice it before. Take a look at the, if you have the opportunity, take a look at the picture of Lezard chapter 32 this week. And to be ma'ayin, as they say. It's one mahal, because not the only one. Pirkeble is an old medrash. We regard it that way, anyway. And, um... He says like this. Uh, it's, listen to Lashon. I think it's very interesting. When Sarah died, it was an emotional shock for Yisrael, and he could not get over it. Okay? He could not get over it. 
It says, Shalosh Shani Masi Yitzhak Eval When Sarah died, Yitzhak was in available in mourning. I mean, no, he was in deep depression for three years. He was in Oval for three years. That's too long. Halakhically, it seemed too much. But, you know, you see, he was very emotionally attached to his mother. No question about it. I can understand. Sorry, Emmanuel. I get it. <laughs> I get it. But still, it was too much. And that's why Avram said this is out of hand. And we got to do something to break him out of this. Therefore, he says, oh, yes, you got to find him a wife. And that did the trick. Because you can't replace Avelis unless you have something to replace it with. And that's what it says over here. Shalosh, Rabbi Yossi Omer, Shalosh Shanim, also Yitzhak Evel, sorry, Ima, Le'achar Shalosh Shanim, Lokach Hatsrifka, Veshochach Evel, sorry, Ima. You see that? The super depression, the Avelis that he was in all the time. He was constantly Avelis. It was counterproductive. And when he got married, it's over. <laughs> he forgot it. What happened to the three Avelis? That was yesterday. So Rivka had that thing that it says, you know, so in other words, that's quite a, a statement. That's quite a statement. Now, then it turns out that they're childless for 20 years. They're childless for 20 years, which is a long time. Now, again, it makes a difference from 3 to 23 or 14 to 34, you know. And there are Gemaras and Tosas and things like that that talk about the, you know, is it 20 years? The first year is not really the the whole lot or whatever. Uh, but then, um, so for 20 years, I'll tell you the point I'm trying to make. We don't see Rivka doing anything. In Parsha it says, Yitzchak prayed for children. It doesn't say Sarah did. Rashi wants to learn that he both did, based on the Medrash. And I tell you again, there's Midrash and Chalukim. I know the Medrash here fairly well. Because I've done it over the years. Uh, the, the matter says, what does that mean? Notice they're not praying opposite each other. It's not a reformed synagogue. The answer is, he had her in mind. This is a great love story. Avraham, when he couldn't have children, ended up taking Hagar. And Yaakov, when he couldn't have children with this one, ended up taking the other wives. And Yitzhak, when he couldn't have children, says, I'm not having any children. Element of Sadeka says that. It's a famous. Love story. Yitzhak is praying presence of his wife. To manage darshans from there that she was dominating too. Because just like he said, I don't want any children except for this tzedekis. So she said, I don't want any children except for this tzaddik. You know? So, you know, they both had that fila. If you go with that, then they were both praying. But it doesn't say so. See my point? It doesn't say so. Neither did the other Midrash will learn it that way. So, we have a funny situation, especially with three years old. Somebody's not going to have a baby when she's three. Not going to have a baby when she's four and five. Okay? Um, so for the first years, if he's marrying somebody that young, if you go with the Rashi way, so he's marrying somebody that young, he didn't expect to be a father right away. I'll say it again. He's marrying somebody three years old. Four years old. It's weird. He didn't expect to have children right away. So I guess in the Middle East, when you hit 12, 13, 14, whatever, you know, like... Some places in America today, they're, they're, you know, teenage mothers. That's a different story. So it wasn't exactly 20 years of childhood. You get what I'm saying? On the other hand, if you go like the other hall, and she was 14, it was 20 years of childhood. Now, here's the thing. If you say that she's very young, I mean, three, four, five, 
which is so strange to comprehend. So, is she Rachel Rivka Meno? She's a little girl. She had the good meadows. I told you, with the naturally good tissues from the baby on, naturally, that's why she fed all the camels at the well. That's the, that's the meaning of the Torah telling you that story. But being a nicey, nice person, which is very important, doesn't mean you're one of the Imahos. <laughs> that comes later. How does it come? We don't find that she was praying, oh, I'm childless and this and that and the other. Not posh of shot. It says, Vayet Don't say anything about her. All we know is that eventually it gets, you know, it gets answered. There is a Chazal. I mean, I know the Rashi's. You know, Rashi basically quotes different Gemaras selectively. That's always what Rashi does. And he wants to say, you know, uh, Hashem answered his prayer, not her prayer, because she was from a, he was from a from family. She was from a non-from family. Sadiq ben Sadiq, Sadiq ben Russia, and all that business. And some of the Farshim, I think, did. Barbanel, who's very interesting in his Pasha, I think it's him, he says that uh, in general, if Atayach Lidrush says Hashem, she didn't want to complain to her husband because she was afraid the husband might say, well, you're suffering pains because you come from a non-from family. You come from a shine. On the other hand, there's another Mahalik in there, Barbanel, but I don't want to go into it now. So it's a, you know, what was the relationship between the 40 and 50 year old husband and 60 year old husband and the three and four and ten year old wife and, 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 and what is it? Twenty year old wife, twenty-three year old wife. This is a strange business. We don't find that she's dominating. At least I don't. Um and then it says like this at a certain point, and I don't know why only at this point, after twenty years of failing to have children, or nineteen years, so then you know, she gets pregnant. After what? After he dominated, wasn't he dominating for all those years? So you can give a firm answer. You say, well, you know, you dominate, 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 dominate. Until eventually it's answered when Hashem feels like it. It was the right time. So that's never an answer. That's just an answer. You know, you can always answer like that. That's what Hashem wanted. Which is true, but it doesn't explain why. Um, if you go to the Pirkei Lesser that I was looking at, as I mentioned before, it's very interesting because he says like this. It was 20 years that she was childless. Isn't that weird? Yitzhak said, let's go down to the place of the Akeda. Let's go down to the place of the Akeda. Um, did Yitzhak go off into the place of Akeda? Was the site of a place he's proud of as we are today? Or was it a place he's freaked out about? Because he almost got killed, and they say he was terrified afterwards. You, the Chazal like that. He always thought of Malcolm Ovis and things like that. That's why it's one explanation why he went blind. You know, see what I'm saying? The Midrash of Rechalukim, you can you can build whatever you know uh, 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 picture you want to. There's plenty of paint to make any picture you want to. This part, but he says over here, after 20 years, said he must he must adopt in every way possible. He went to Uman, he tried this, he tried that, nothing worked. And then, he must have been reluctant to do this, otherwise he would have done it right away. He said, I'm going to go to the place that's painful for me. And his pala, Heroin Vayoso, and when he went to Har Maria, to the site of the Akedah, as painful it was for him, that's what I surmise, 
Matter of fact, he didn't do it until now. And it worked. She got pregnant. So that's just a dramatic story. That he went up to Harmony. They didn't live far away. Where did Yitzhak live? You know, wherever he used to live around there. How far is that from Harmonia? You tell me how far is Hebron or that area from Yerushalayim. Not that far. Not that far. He never went with her. I'm saying in. He's 20 years old, 20 years of, of childless. So let's say especially she was 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and never thought of going to Maria. I It can only mean to me that it was a painful business for him. And in which case, it's a, it's a, it's a human story. Because eventually he said, I got to do it. Hashem, Hashem was waiting for him to do that. And uh, so let's put it this way. So the child came through pain. Uh, pain which can be transformative. Uh, don't run away from the Akeda, embrace it. Uh, that's the best I can make out of it. You know, Yitzhak associated the Akeda with the death of his mother. He saw the Malchamovas. He saw all these things. It was a scary business. Of course, he was elevated as a result of that, but it must have been psychologically something bad. I don't know. And now he comes back. And he's saying, the Zuchus of the Akedah, I was willing to be the Akedah. Let me have children. I want to remind you, Avram Avinu is still alive. Doesn't that make the story even more weird? I mean, for 20 years, their child is an album, doesn't say, why don't you go down to Maria, where you and I went? It's a, it's very suggestive. Maybe you can come up with a better shot. I doubt it, but maybe you can. Now I'm not finished. So she got pregnant. Bola lettuce. Now she's expecting. And it was so painful of a pregnancy, right? It's so painful a pregnancy. We always focus, like you see on the Rashi, which says Asim and Yaakov were battling it out. When they walk by a shoal, this one wanted to come out. When they walk by a church, this one wanted to come out. We all know those Rashis, which are based on Midrash and Mechazals. All of them. But what's the plain meaning? Claiming is not that they were jumping out. She had a very tough pregnancy. I'm not a female. It's a tough pregnancy. I know this much, not to be funny, but they say the pains are terrible, but the kidney stones are worse. I had the kidney stones. That's what women told me. Yeah, so it's bad. And she, it drove her crazy. Uh, and she, it, it says like this. They get natural moose. She thought she was going to die. Or she'll die, or the children will die. That's the way many mafarshim say Lomazanochi, which ties it into the Haftarah last week. Why promise me a child if I'm only going to have a miscarriage? 20 years we're waiting for a kid, then we have a child. Remember, she didn't know it's a twin. And now I have a child, and it's going to miscarry. So, was this a, a sadism? I mean, what, what's going on over here? That's what's bothering her. So what does she do? Hochel is palel b'makom tohor. This is very enigmatic to me. So she went to Davin, not by shame and Avra. That's a different shot. Right? See my point in all this? There are different versions of the story. You're really midrashim kalukim over here. And this is true of this parsha from beginning to end. I just don't have time to go through all of them. Maybe if I have time on Friday, I don't want to commit to anything. Take my word for it. 
there's Midrashim Chalukim all over the place on this. So according to this, which is a picture of Lazar, she went to be Dorsh Es Hashem. Es Hashem, the word Es is interesting to me because it indicates, it doesn't say Vatech Lidrosh Hashem. That would talk a sound more like she went to a same Beaver or somebody like that. Vatech Lidrosh Hashem. To seek out the Lord. Es Hashem means she went to talk to God. <laughs> In fact, it doesn't say L. This is S. Which to me means she wanted to know Es Hashem. What's really going on? What's the Yud Kevav meaning of all this? No, she demanded to know what's going on. I'm dying. I'm going crazy. I'm having terrible pains. Unbelievable pains. It says, It almost killed her. So it's pains that, as they say, and, and what'd she do? She was a sadekis. No, she never did anything wrong. She fed the camel since he's a little girl. What's going on over here? Right? What's going on over here? So she went to a Mokham Tahor. Isn't that interesting? Some Mefarshim, I mean Midrashim, but I don't know if they're reliable or not. They say for Yashra and all that. They say she went to Har Maria. In which case, that'd be quite something. She goes to the place where Yitzhak had taken her. And she says, what, what's going on over here? In other words, Mateich Lidris Hashem is a story of the transformation of Rivka. This, in my opinion, when she becomes Rivka Menu. You know what I'm saying? She wasn't when she was a little girl, especially when she was three. She wasn't necessarily Rivka Amina when she met Yitzchak and, you know, started keeping Shabbos like Sarah did and all the rest of it. That's very admirable, but that doesn't make you Rivka Amina. She wasn't Amina. She didn't have children. She wasn't praying for 20 years. But now, her pain causes her to pray. Now they say, and you know this, that why all these people have trouble with having children? God wants to tefillah at tzedikim. What does that mean? Um, he's like, or my and stuff. God doesn't need anything. And he's not a sadist. At least I don't think so. So what's the shot? I put you in a situation where you have to dive your head off. That makes you a different person. The real davening comes... When, when, when we have big tsaris in life. That's the, the way it goes. Be honest. When do you have kavod and davening? When do you have kavod and davening? When you have a crisis of some sort or another, or a big need. You know who davens with big kavod? The person needs a shidduch. You know who davens with big kavod? person's having shalom bias problems. Does that mean big kavod? person needs a job. Right or not? True or not? Or, you know, it could be all kinds of situations. The boy who doesn't have a chavrus in yeshiva, he's the one guy out. He's going crazy. He's dominating. When is it Tzrichasa? Then Tfila is important. When it's not, it's still important, but only philosophically. If everything's going great, it's hard to have a good mincha after you had a big lunch. <laughs> as they say. Right? That's how it goes. That's how it goes. She reaches a terrible physical situation. Vatelech even even the truck. This is what made me think of it this morning. Was landing. It's a vatelech lidrosh hashem, not vatelech lidrosh hashem. Vatelech lidrosh hashem. She went on a journey, a spiritual journey, and this makes her, you know, think what's what what is God all about, and that's what you call dvekas, thinking about Hashem, I mean deeply.
meditatively, perhaps, you know, and, and becomes transformed as a result of that. Especially when she gets the oracle, you know, you have two babies in the stomach deficits going on, and they're both be great nations. So then she davened her head off, and she got an answer from Hashem. It's like, as a nevuah, you're transformed, you're a different person. You're a different person. You daven, you talk to Hashem, you heard an answer back, for the rest of your life, you're a different, you're a different person. Uh, that's totally understandable. And she will then, you know, have an outsized role in the rest of the parsha, Because that's the story, as we all know. So there's an outsized role in the rest of the parsha. So whatever happened with Vatelech, the interest of Hashem, doesn't mean she simply went to the yeshiva and asked Shem Beaver, like I'm saying over here, I have a milk and a spoon in the tray, in a fleshing a pot. Rabbi, what do I do now? You know, I forgot the salt of meat. So I, I didn't bench all the lift. Do I have to add an extra candle? It wasn't that kind of Shiloh. It's an existential question. You know, what am I here for? And what's happening with me? But why am I suffering so much? And especially like the Bible knows, if this is all about a miscarriage, what'd you get me pregnant in the first place for? If I'm going to die in childbirth, what did you do this for? What did I do wrong? And by the time, by Yom Hashem Law, it says, when she gets an answer back, even if the answer is, you know, unclear, it is an oracle. If she gets an answer back, just to get an answer back by Hashem blows you away. And if you're the Tzadikist type anyway, you never are the same person again. Right? Who here among us, if we actually got an answer from God, Mamish, like she did, would be the same. You wouldn't be the same. Right? We may get answers in hint ways, you know what I mean? You know, like that. But I mean, Vayom Hashem Law. Hashem spoke to her. Now, there is, if you want to know why Rashi says, shame favored, I've seen books of Mefarshi Rashi. I don't like what they say, because they want to medike in Rashi, but it's really Chazal. And the Chazal coming from, you know, one of those, uh, what shall I say, anti-women type things, because it says, Hashem almost never spoke to women, only to Chava and to Sar, and it never worked out. That's how the Medjah puts it. He spoke to Chava, they said, why did you eat the apple? And she said, I need the apple. And he said, yes, you did. And it turned into, it degenerated into a conversation that was very undignified. After all, the brunch almost talked to you. They were shooting the bull. I didn't do it. The snake made me do it. Answer straight. And same thing happened with Sarah. Why did you laugh? And Sarah says, So Sarah lied. She said, I didn't laugh. Because she was scared. And she said, oh, yes, you did. What kind of a conversation is it? You know, that's where the rabbis and the matters are coming from. Like, this is undignified. You wouldn't talk to a king like that. You see? So then the matters are like this. I, it says in other places that this, this lady, I mean, uh, Hagar talked to Hashem, and Rivka talked to Hashem, and Rachel talked to Hashem. Oh, it was Ali Deshliach. Meaning they didn't talk directly to Hashem. It, no, it's, it's, it's a theological um, uh, basis for asserting that she went to Shane Baber. She went to somebody. Didn't do it herself. But if you don't go with that, let's say again, there's a Midrash of Chalukah. Then you say, oh, yes, listen, I think Rivka was a big Tzedekis. <laughs> I'm not worried about, you know, her getting into a quarrel with Hashem. Uh, if it said, I think you can learn a Pashat. 
She went to God. Went to God means she meditated. She went to a dvaka state. It's not, it's not simple. Doesn't mean she just tossed a letter out. She didn't uh, throw a letter into the Aaron, you know, in Brooklyn or something, in the Queens. She talked to God. And God had give an answer. Mamish gave an answer. Oh, that's big. She's not the same. Oh, that's what it means. God wants it to say because then they'll they'll be changed. This is very interesting. Now, I have a vort that, that occurred to me when I was driving. Now, I'll share, usually I don't do vorts. But S, very interesting. The S, I'm not doing justice to it. The S Hashem means she wouldn't have the essence of what's going on over here. You know, S Hashem, like, what's all behind this? What's really happening? Not not, not a, a stomach answer. And he gave her a mega answer. He gave her history that an uh, answer that transcended history. I'm telling you the future of the human race. It's going to be Rome and Western civilization and all that stuff. And it's going to be the Jewish people. It wasn't simply an answer up there. You know? It was Shenanavua of really the future of, of the human race. It's it's quite large. So Eshashen. But it's funny. The answer she gets is an oracle. It's it's a suffix, it's ambiguous, because it lacks the word S. What has he said? Um Rav Yavutsair. What does Rav Yavutsair mean? It could go either way. If you know Hebrew, when you don't have the word S, then go either way. Translate the following sentence. Ruvain Horeg Shimon. Translate those words. The answer is it could go two ways. It could be Ruvain kills Shimon. That's true. Alternatively, Ruvain Horeg Shimon. Ruvain is who Shimon kills. Ruvain Horeg Shimon. Ruvain is who Shimon kills. That works in Hebrew also. Now, if you say like this, Ruvain Horeg S. Shimon, then I know who the subject is, I know who the object is. But without the S, I don't know that. S. Ruvain Horeg Shimon. I know what that means also, that Shimon killed Ruvain. That's why it says, Bresh is well, S. Shimon Arts, the Gemara says. Because otherwise, you think that it's possible to say that Shemai Mars created Elohim, right? You could learn like that. In order to make sure we don't think like that, so what was the answer she got? No S. And the answer she got, which was an answer, and foreshadowed the human race, human history, but it's out the word S. I think it's very cute, very interesting, because does it mean Rav Yavot S Atzair that Esau will serve Yaakov? Or does it mean Rav Yavot Sayer? It is the older one, Esau, that Yaakov will serve. Now, the answer, of course, is that throughout history, it's a seesaw. Sometimes we're serving them, sometimes serving us. I would say, in general, today, in the year 2021, I just used the Christian calendar. In the year 2021, most Jews are serving Esau. I wish it wasn't that way. There are people in Kirov trying to do something about that. But if you want to be honest, you look at the majority, they don't look that great. Certainly in Chutzlars, even Eretz Yisrael, but let's see if Israel is. Certainly in Chutzlars, I think Rabbi Yavot Sa'ir, Yaakov is serving Esau. Like I said before, I wish it wasn't the case, but it is. At other times, it's different. Um, so the absence of the S is just fascinating to me. Anyway, I've gone long enough. I think this is a food for software to Parsha. 
It's only the beginning. There's a lot more, obviously. But I think this story of Rivka and how she becomes Rivka is extremely thought-provoking and um, and really uh, mind-blowing also. So anyway, with those few thoughts, I wish you all a good week. I want to thank Radomskis again, Eretz Yisrael. If I go, if it works out that we are able to put together this trip, I do want to pay a visit. I think they're in the gush somewhere. We'll get together because we've never met personally and a number of other people in Israel. It would be nice to actually make the personal acquaintance. But meanwhile, it's nothing but a dream. Hopefully, it'll materialize in something, and I wish you a good week and a good Shabbos. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.